0: Gentlemen, you are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach. I am the founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. Glad to have you with us today. If you are familiar with the podcast, you know uh, my story a little bit. Uh, a few years ago, I woke up one day, looked around, said, man, this isn't the man I want to be. This isn't the man I want to become. I'm not taking any steps towards becoming it. And I decided I need to do something about it. and so I really actively started pursuing masculinity and manhood, trying to figure out what that means. Uh, what it means to be a man of God. And as we were growing and as we were learning, as my buddies and I were talking about stuff, I said, you know what? I would love to be able to share this. And uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts. So I thought, you know what? We need to start a podcast. And that's exactly what this is. And this is what it's become. Now we've got thousands and thousands of listeners all over the world. Really glad to have you listening as well. Um, Really cool to see what the Lord is doing um, and some of the uh, frankly, incredible ways that the Lord has blessed uh, the work that we are doing. Today's episode of the Grid Up Podcast is sponsored by Christ for Disciples Podcast. Uh, the Christ for, pa- Christ for Disciples Podcast is put out by Pastor Paul Steinberg, who is a pastor. He's got his doctorate. He's the father of five sons. He's a wonderful man. He is Uh, Five days a week, he puts out a podcast that applies God's word to raising the next generation in the Lord. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciplers podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast at ChristForDisciples.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast. ChristForDisciples.com. I love Pastor Paul. I look forward to seeing him this weekend. Um, and I really, truly do. Enjoy the time I get to spend with him both on the podcast um, and in person. He's a wonderful man. He's got some wonderful things to say about ministry. He's got some wonderful things to say about um, working with young people. And I say ministry not in the professional minister sense. But in the sense of every single time you and I interact with the young people in our lives, we really truly are ministering to them. Um, and it's important to remember that. And he does a great job reminding us of, of that in his podcast. It's a daily listen for me. I hope it's a daily listen for you as well. It will build you up and prepare you to work with the kids in your life. This episode of the Greta Podcast is also sponsored by the Men of His Word Conference. The Men of His Word Conference takes place this weekend. That's right, this weekend. That's right, this weekend in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. The Men of His Word Conference, a lay led ministry, has been serving men of all ages in the Christian community for over 10 years. Their goal is to equip men to be able to to take their God ordained leadership roles in their family, church, and community. Our men's conferences have inspired and encouraged thousands of of attendees in their walk of faith. And by God's grace, we continue to grow the outreach of our ministry and are currently serving about 1,000 men each year with two conferences. We are constantly looking at more opportunities to develop resources to continue our mission of support and encouragement of men of God. Now, the Men of His Word Conference is a very special thing. I really enjoyed my time there last year. I'd never been there before that, but I really genuinely did enjoy my time there last year. It was super cool. Um, I loved the breakout groups I was able to get into. I loved being able to interact with other men of God. And I loved, it was the first time I'd gotten an opportunity to set up a um, my stand, like as the Gird Up podcast, and really interact with people. And it was an awesome experience to be able to to meet guys and be with guys and be around. So, if you are available this weekend, man, to go up and up to Oshkosh and be a part of the Men of His Word conference, it takes all day, um, but it is a great experience. Uh, this year's keynote is going to be done by Pastor David Sharf, um, and he. Uh, He's going to talk about how God's 2020 vision for your future is is greater than your own. Um, Has your life worked out just as you envisioned? Probably not. When you were younger, you had hopes and dreams for the future, and sometimes those plans for hope and a future come to reality, but often they do not. Because of our limited vision, even our best laid plans fail, and because of sin all around us, life doesn't work out the way we often hope. There's only one who has perfect 2020 vision for our future. It is your almighty loving Savior who has promised, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Only your God has the perfect vision of your future and the ability to make it happen. Join us for more. Join us to learn more about God's 2020 vision for your future, both your future on earth and in heaven. If you'd like to attend the Men of His Word Conference this year in Oshkosh on February 8th. That's this coming Saturday, February 8th, 2020. Go to menofhisword.org. You'll find all the information you need there, menofhisword.org. It's a great conference. I will be there. Make sure you show up and say hi to me if you're there. What a great way to spend a Saturday. Finally, before we start the show, remember that uh, any views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily... Reflect the views and beliefs of the people that are on the podcast, particularly our interview guests. And also remember that the, any statements of faith, any statements of doctrine or theology made on this podcast do not necessarily respect, reflect um, the theology or doctrine of our particular calling bodies or of any calling body to be specific. So remember that and enjoy today's interview with Kyler Berg and Vince Husek. Here we go. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right. <laughs> we got two guests today. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, fellas.
1: My name is Kyler Berg.
0: Who are you, Kyler Berg?
1: I am a freshman uh, physical science teacher at Kingdom Prep and husband to Emma, dog dad to Winnie. <laughs>
0: All right, and you are. <laughs> you are.
1: That's
2: a great introduction. I'm Vince Susick. Uh I also work at Kingdom Prep, uh, teaching freshmen, and I am uh, married. My wife's name is Tambor. We have three kids, no uh, dog children of any kind. <laughs> and it's not your first time on a show. You've been on a show before. You want to
0: remind us what we talked about that time or those times, I guess, because you're on a lot.
2: Yeah, we've talked. Uh, so going back a few years, uh, I... Was on first uh, talking about my some of my uh, battles with leukemia and the ways that uh, I've seen God move through that. And then, uh, I don't know, when was the last time, Charlie? About a year or so ago?
0: Yeah, I think we talked about
2: beer. No, you, you were on a Man Talk Monday. I believe That's so. Right.
0: Yeah. So it was like, I guess it was like six months ago. You might be the most regular guest on the show.
2: Probably. You might, you I probably would think. Are. I've been, cool. I've made. This, a, this is my you third or fourth. Honored, th- man. I am you quite honored. Man. In fact, I was thinking about it today. I was like, you know, I'm really excited to be on the podcast again, kind of a regular uh, guest. <laughs> awesome. Your, your
1: quarterly appearance.
0: That's right. Yeah. So, Kyle, you're a newbie. Uh, tell us a little more about about uh, about you and who you are. You guys just bought a house, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. We are uh, living in Sherman Park. Just bought a old, uh, yeah, an old house down in Sherman Park, and spent the summer renovating. Took one morning off to fish with you this summer. Right. <laughs> that was a, Yeah, it felt like that was about it. All uh, right.
0: Well, I'm glad we took you out there. Yeah. It was that busy of a summer. It's a beautiful old Milwaukee bungalow. Yeah. Like when you think about old, like when you hear that old Milwaukee bungalow phrase, that, that's it, man. Yep. Mother-in-law sweet and all. Yeah. He's, he's underselling when he says we bought an old house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... So, so tell us about this old house.
1: Um, man, this, the whole old house situation was weird actually. Uh, we were were looking for like probably three or four months and then uh i was off in um pacific northwest with one of my friends uh for spring break and so vince and one of our buddies luke uh and my wife emma and my sister-in-law maggie uh went over and looked at the house and so i hadn't seen the house yet and we
2: and i had spent three or four months exactly like he was talking about listening to him talk about what he liked and didn't like and was looking for <laughs> yeah. in all these houses and so walking through the house I knew pretty much immediately I texted him while we were there and I was like hey man I they're not here so this is kind of weird but like <laughs> you got to put an offer on this house it's exactly what you want put an offer in now and just trust me it'll be great
1: yep and then Luke said the same thing um, and Luke and I were working out at that time every morning and so he probably heard about as much as i complained uh probably to him <laughs> <laughs> as i did to you in the morning at as school. one will while working out yeah yeah that's all it really is is it really working out or is it just complaining <laughs> uh <laughs> it's a safe space <laughs> and so we ended up putting an offer in and then um i, I ended up seeing it with my parents my parents <clears throat> came down the next weekend uh, i was back from our trip out out west and yeah we ended up uh closing and moving in in june and um yeah, I spent the summer doing some renovations and a lot of just cleaning. This guy was uh, a little forgetful. Uh, we'll call it that for <laughs> the sake of the podcast. <laughs> uh, and so we spent like, a lot of time just cleaning.
2: Like what kind of things did they forget?
1: Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, I, could, I have quite a few stories I can go. Uh, the, probably the highlight um, was one... Saturday. My parents came down quite a bit just on Saturdays, uh, which is really just really nice of them to do that. And so on Saturday, um, my mm-hmm. wife and my mother were cleaning hardwood floors upstairs and like doing some hardcore scrubbing. And so Sunday morning after that we get back from church and my wife Emma goes, Hey, uh I didn't see those rags I threw down yesterday afternoon and so of course I get like pretty pissed because like why didn't you you see it you know you should have you should have instantly went down there and known exactly that it wasn't you know didn't fall through hence my sarcasm right after church yeah so i was so i was i was angry about it and i was like what the heck and so i just grabbed the nearest thing i could drop down there and just hear a thud and it's like crap so do the whole metal rod thing uh the problem is it's about a six by six inch window that then goes back about 12 inches and then you have your the the shoot and so I had to elbow it down and so that was an adventure I break my metal pole and get it down there to to push (laughs) with to no avail and so then the next idea is that well it was hardcore hardcore you know uh, hardwood floor cleaning chemicals it just cemented in there so let's dump water in it so I dumped probably a bucket and a half of water uh, down, down this laundry chute. At this point, I am pissed because it's nothing, t- Cause nothing. It's not coming through. Yeah. And so I. Like,
0: not even water dripping down or anything? Uh,
1: slowly. Oh, so, okay. what I decided to do is that I, I decide to um, make, a, make a harness, if you will, underneath and then just start chucking uh, dumbbells. And so I threw uh, a 15 pound dumbbell and it just no budge. And so I grabbed a crowbar and pulled it back out and I threw it as hard as I could uh again, just just a thud, threw a second one down because i 'm pissed at this point. <laughs> just throw another <laughs> dumbbell on, file. so I threw another dumbbell on top, uh and then at this point, again, thud well a little bit of a cling because of the metal <laughs> on metal, and then, <laughs> and then I uh, go back to my metal pole, thinking that I can push now just the dumbbells, and that ended up working, and go down to the basement, I take apart my harness uh to just find a goodwill worth of clothes that this guy had left. And we're talking jeans, underwear, socks, bed linens, uh, t-shirts. What is the t-shirt? Something in jerseys saying is everything in this that is all now soaked. And at the top of it, at the top of it, I get my three rags back. Right. And so I stomp upstairs and go outside in the yard and, you know, spit somewhere. Cause I'm so mad. And then, I go back downstairs because I was like thinking, like re- running, rerunning this conversation and this, you know, through my head. There was, there was a third dumbbell there. So I, I went back and there was a 10 pound dumbbell that I threw, a 10 pound dumbbell that I threw, and there was a 15 pound dumbbell that I did not throw that came out of the laundry chute. So
0: at some point he threw a dumbbell down there <laughs> too? And, <he laughs> and this was did. like, scra- well, <laughs> I'm still in the house. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the next guy can deal Someone with it. Someone else's
0: problem now. <laughs> that punk that just built, the, that just bought this house. He's hoping yeah. he's, he's, to throw anything down there. <laughs> Joke, jokes on
1: him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you got it out. But it's a, it's, a, it's a gorgeous house, um, with the mother-in-law suite up there and everything. And uh, I, I love the story about the mother-in-law suite. The uh, every time, because I, I told a couple of people that it has like this mother-in-law suite because it it is kind of a cool setup up there. Um, but the idea, so well, go ahead and tell, what, what, uh, talk about the guy that built the house, if, if you will.
1: Yeah, so don't know much about him. Um, we are only the fourth um, set of owners, um, and so two between us and the and the the builders. And the guy that built it um, was told by. I believe if I have the story right, he was told by his wife that he had to build a big, beautiful house that could store his future mother-in-law. And so there was a mother-in-law suite so upstairs. basically
0: she said, I'll marry you if my mother can live with us. Yes. <laughs> to which my immediate response
1: would be, she must have been hot, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that girl must have been quite a girl. If that's part there. of the deal there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, whew, let you that or... Ch- Shotgun wedding, there maybe. I don't know. But we'll marry. No, because that doesn't even make sense. Because why would you? Yeah, I'm not marrying you unless you build. Maybe she didn't phrase it quite like that. But the connotation must have been we're not getting married if my mother can't live with us. Right. That's, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of wonderful aging women out there. Yeah, that's a commitment. There you go. I just don't know if it's, I mean, I don't have a mother in law, but I just don't think I'd want to live with my mother in law. She can move in next door. She can move in next door. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <You> guys,
2: <laughs> that's a single guy statement, isn't it? We can't. We can't, we can't, we can't say I anything I can still else. talk about all this stuff. Mother in laws wonderful. Okay. And I'm glad that I have one. Yeah, <laughs> my mother
1: in law is right. a fantastic cook. Okay. Like they, uh, my in laws live on a organic farm over by um, New Glarus, and so they can just walk outside and grab some stuff and whip it up, and that's dinner. And so,
0: do you guys get a lot of produce from them?
1: uh, We don't as much. um, My mother in law has stepped back and is doing uh, doing a lot of political stuff, um, getting involved with specifically groundwater um, in the area and fighting for clean water um, in Southwest Wisconsin. And so, they father in law provides a lot of meat for us, which is awesome. Just like to get good organic meat whenever I want really it is <laughs> right. just really yeah. nice um but they scaled back on the um they're they had a full csa for a long time um if i'm right a hundred few boxes a week that they're pumping out to awesome. they're delivering them to madison to refrigerator that people would pick them up and then somewhere in maybe maybe, maybe new glares actually and then people still would pick them up at the farm so i mean it was a it was a business, a big business. Operation. Yeah. yeah and now they um are just running uh, a b&b and then my father-in-law works for intervarsity and my mother-in-law doing all of um, her political stuff,
0: just running a B&B yeah, and B, yeah, just being running. politically yeah. active, and no big deal. <laughs> yeah, cool. You, you sounds like you have some awesome in-laws. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. I've
2: got. Spe- speaking of in-laws, I'm oh, yeah. some of the beer that I brought you is from my father-in-law's brewery, uh, from Rochester Mills in uh, the near Detroit suburbs. So. Yeah, I also have a great set of in-laws that I love dearly, and love some of the, the good benefits—not not not healthy food, I guess, but delicious craft beer that is almost as healthy. (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, you gotta get your, you gotta get your minerals, vitamins and minerals Absolutely. somehow, right? Absolutely. The antioxidants and yep. all that good stuff. A few carbs thrown in there for I'm, good measure. I'm reading right here for, on the if label. You're gonna have, if you're going to be on a <laughs> low-carb diet, you might as well have a beer a day and then no other carbs, it's right? It's an independent no craft No refined brewery. sugar
2: and a dark beer. Anytime you see that certified independent craft brewery sticker, you know that that's a good place to be getting beer from. And I'm seeing Magnum hops sourced from the Pacific Northwest. Ooh, so American hops about, even. Look at that. You bet beautiful awesome
0: so you uh you've ta- you've told the story about meeting your wife on the podcast before but i, I want to hear it again because it's a good one and then i want to hear yours call me sappy but but both of you guys have great stories about
2: meeting your wives so before we go any further i want to hear that man. yeah i mean so like there's i guess there's two levels to that story because meeting my wife actually was like very uh kind of anticlimactic because i rolled in and she remembers it pretty well, but I don't really remember meeting her like the first time really at all. But when I knew that I like, I had met my wife, that's a different story. So we, so fast forward from there, like a couple weeks later, we, we were working at a summer camp up in uh, Upper Michigan and had met each other briefly the night that I got there and started working, but that was just kind of like, hi. And there were all kinds of other people that I knew already. And so I was talking to them and. That was kind of that. But fast forward a couple of weeks, and we uh, had gotten to know each other a little bit, and uh, more importantly, really, seemingly, uh, was that <laughs> was that the 4th of July was rolling around, and a couple of us uh, Wisconsin boys that were working at the camp, we uh, were just getting... A little bit thirsty, shall we say? Uh, we were, <laughs> we were, we were ready to enjoy a good adult beverage, which we weren't allowed to do as uh, on premise at the at the camp. And so, we went and watched all the fireworks for the Fourth of July, and we thought, like, okay, well, this is probably the night that we should like, maybe we can take a break, we cut loose we, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely, we'll find a way. We'll fit it in. <laughs> find a way. <laughs> so, you know that. The good old boys will find a way. <laughs> Necessity is the mother of invention, you know. And so we said, like, all right, well, we'll we'll go do the fireworks. We watched all the fireworks. We went back to camp and got a, you know, everybody was kind of settling in for the night. And we're like, okay, well, now's the time. Let's let's head back into uh, head back into town. We'll we'll find somewhere that we can find ourselves a beer to drink. So not only that, let's find ourselves some company. We, <laughs> <laughs> and so we're like, all right, you and me. And then like, let's, let's find some, let's find some young ladies to come with us. And so we, uh, talked to a couple girls that we, uh, knew and, and were, you know, a little bit interested in and we headed into town and we, uh, found ourselves a little country bar up in the UP and sat and, drank some beers and had some good conversation and in the good conversation came up that uh, neither of the girls that were with us had ever shot shotguns before which was kind of shocking to the two of us because we had like met each other and become friends duck hunting and doing different things in college back home in Wisconsin and so we're like wow we can solve that problem right now Uh, which which we could do because in the back of my truck there was we like I had moved from where I was living and had brought everything that I owned pretty much with me. And so my shotgun was in the back of my truck and as were a lot of other things. And so uh, we left the bar and, and drove back to camp and picked up the shotgun and picked up while we were in there. I Dug through the glove box real quick and grabbed out uh, you know, some cigars, grabbed out a, a handle of Fireball whiskey, just you know, all the essentials. Doing a Fourth of July right. Oh yeah, God bless America, right? <laughs> and so we, and so we take a- off. Everything you need for a flat tire. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everything. You need. Your, your basic, you know, your basic gentleman's car kit. <laughs> and so we get back on the road and we're driving. Uh, in what is my now wife's uh, Ford Escape, which hab- had a moonroof, which I thought was impressive because I grew up fairly poor and so we didn't have any vehicles with moonroofs. Oh roofs. yeah, dude, moonroof is something impressive. So I was basically courting a celebrity. In so my it, mind, just to interject
0: real quick, we were talking. I was talking to somebody this weekend about being country rich, and they're like, "What's country rich?" I was like, "No, no, you don't understand. There's there's like actually rich, and then there's country rich." There's, like, the guy living in a $250,000 house on three acres who's got a boat and four-wheelers and everything, and they're all paid off. And they've got a sunroof in their car. Man, that's country rich. (laughs) They have a car. Yep. It's got a sunroof, man. That's
2: country rich. And then there's a pretty girl with a (laughs) moonroof.
0: That's right. It was over. (laughs) Well, go ahead.
2: (laughs) Say no more. But really... Uh, so so we, uh, do, we drive down the road and we're, we're kind of sorting this all out. We uh, end up uh, on a beach along uh, Lake Huron and we're like, all right, well, this is the perfect spot to you know, shoot these shotguns. Mind you, at this point, it's like not bar closed, but it's about bar closed. So we're talking about it's July 5th and it's 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. So we're on the beach just shooting shotguns off, basically into the air, over the water. All steel shot, of course. We want As to Americans protect will. Protect the fish and the ducks. Yeah. Um, if, if my mother-in-law listens conservation, to this. Conservation, folks. Conservation. Steel shot only. Well, her career is not. here on. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. At some point, we're on the beach, and, and we've kind of like coupled up a little bit. Uh, and we're...
0: A little bit. How many dudes are there?
2: There's there's two guys and, and how many girls are there? There's two. So you coupled up a little bit. All huh? Right. So we coupled up. <laughs> we coupled up a lot of it. We're really not that far away. It's you know only ten yards down the beach. And so uh, we right before we had kind of split up a little bit. We had lit cigars and we were just enjoying the evening and celebrating and enjoying the fact that they had both you know shot shotguns for the first time in their lives. And at some point in you, you coupled up with your buddy, right? Of course. <laughs> that, you know, really, I'm, I'm glad that you asked him to come along on the podcast, <laughs> but part of me was also, I'll, I'll say few words, deep, deeply disappointed few as word, a, he He's going to give his money worth though, also <laughs> few words. as yeah. a recurring, <laughs> as a recurring guest on the podcast, usually I'm treated better than that, <laughs> I'm here for <laughs> nothing,
1: nothing but to humble you, anyways,
2: I'm there with my future wife, which I'm about to learn in just a few minutes is the case. And so we're on the beach, and I've got a handle of fireball whiskey in one hand, and that arm is wrapped around my now wife, Tambor And in the other hand, I've got a shotgun, and that's kind of like resting on my hip. And I've got a cigar also in that hand because it just had come out of my mouth. And I leaned over, and we had talked about how, like, we liked each other, but we should, like, kind of take it slow. And so I decided... Damn the torpedoes. It's, it's, it's go time. Happy 4th of July. Let's do it. And so I leaned over and I kissed her and she kissed me back. So that was a good sign. And then like kind of pulled away and I realized like, okay, I've got a handle a fireball whiskey in a hand that's wrapped around this girl. And I've got a shotgun and a cigar in my other hand and I'm sitting on a beach in the moonlight over one of the largest lakes in the world and this girl is either the dumbest girl I've ever met and I should <laughs> drop all these things and run and just and just leave all these people on this beach or she's the coolest girl I've ever met <laughs> and we should get married. And it turns out it was the latter. And so that was in July and we got married in December. We've been married for Five years and one month, uh, basically, right now, which has been pretty awesome. Is
0: that the day you married yourselves or the day? Wow. So that's a separate story for maybe a separate time. (laughs) Well, if you want to hear that story, you can go back like two years ago and listen to that podcast episode. (laughs) Dig deep deep in the podcast and and you'll find it's It's worth worth it. It's worth the dig. So is the one about beer, just for and, and, and this milkshake stout that you gave me is from ah oh man from Rochester Mills It's fantastic. So Rochester Mills, shout out, out a, to Rochester they, Mills. They do a twelve
2: days of milkshake stout as a promotion every Christmas, just like the twelve days of Christmas. They do twelve days of different flavored milkshake stouts, and this one uh, remind me what I brought. Ah, uh, this is the
0: Imperial Maple Milkshake Stout. Is this one of the twelve days this of Christmas? Oh, oh man, I'm honored. I'm honored to have one of your 12. It's got maple syrup in it and cocoa nibs. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Good stuff. Yeah. And your your father-in-law owns like a steak in a company or something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. Cool. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. We should get him on to talk about beer. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, right? You make that introduction. Excuse me. I can make the introduction absolutely. <laughs> all right. So Kyler, you also got a, a fantastic story about not necessarily meeting, but like uh, getting to know your wife finally. So we actually all met through the Center for Urban Teaching in right. You get. We all, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. To making sure. <laughs> yeah. So we're all doing summer school teaching basically through an organization in Milwaukee that goes into schools in the inner city, and we're all teachers. So going to schools in the inner city, and undergrads get to work with kids then like hands on and actually kind of mimic a school year. Um, so we're all doing that. And I do remember like kind of in the background, um, the, you know, everybody, every guy's kind of scouting out and trying to find their, you know, some of them are looking for the girl of the summer, you know, and some dudes are really starting to fall in love. And, uh, um, there's some great girls there. Um, but, uh, you, you, you got maybe the best story that ever came out of, came out
1: of <laughs> yeah, some, I found summer
0: school. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so Emma um I remember the first day Emma walking in late, which uh now hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh that's much of <laughs> who Emma is. <laughs> and that, that won't that won't air.
0: Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, we all appreciate honesty. <laughs> yeah,
1: and so uh she came came in late uh from a bus issue, quote unquote bus issue. And then um that was uh, I like yeah I don't know it was we were in the same we ended up being in the same school and I didn't know <clears throat> we were at I think that first year probably seven sites maybe and I was uh worried that we weren't going to end up at the fir- that same site because the whole morning we didn't know really who anyone was or what was happening it was just a bunch of college kids in a gym you know like, you right were, yeah and so
0: and everybody's like literally strutting around like peacocks yeah trying to figure out <laughs>
1: Which way is up. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so we ended up being in the same school and teaching in the same middle school team. Uh, shout out St. Marcus Middle <laughs> School. Uh, so. <laughs>
0: shout out to St. Marcus Middle School for five years ago. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And that's
0: more like, ah, it's more than five now. It's like eight years ago. Holy cow. Yeah. We're, we're, we're almost to that point where we can say we're getting old, man. Yeah. We're Actually, cl- we're still like 20 years away from that, but.
1: We're closer to 2050 than we are in 1990.
0: Yeah,
2: you're already like 30-something, aren't you? I turned 30 oh, three weeks geez. ago, so oh, don't remind geez. me, speaking of feeling I still like got a
0: couple of years just, there. You got yeah. a couple of years still left here. Yeah. You're what, like 26, 25? 24. Guys? 24? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah.
2: you're youngin'.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 30. Anyway. 30, do you even know what any of this stuff is? Can I introduce you to a microphone?
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I've been... This is a just, cell I, phone. I'm trying not to speak, because I'm trying to take in all these <laughs> different electronic devices that I've never known before. Back in my time. I tell you what, in the 90s, we didn't have stuff like that this. That television guys. has color. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Slow down there, Chief. Remember, pump, pump I'm breaks. country poor. He's got the good beer, though. Yeah.
0: Oh, touche. <laughs> but you're so Emma. <laughs> yeah,
1: and so... Uh, we, me and one of, uh, my good friends, uh, actually stood up in our wedding. The three of us became really close friends. And then, um, we were all planning to come to Green Bay right after, um, where I, I'm from Green Bay. And so go visit, uh, just the Green Bay for the weekend, do a Lambo trip. Um, and I tried, I just convinced my buddy not to come with us cause I, I liked Emma and he, <laughs> so, and he, oh, man. as a, he, as a good friend, did some scouting for me, and she was like, oh, I don't like him. And I was like, well, whatever. I'm still going to shoot my shot. And so uh, she um, claims she just didn't know what her feelings were at the time. And so, uh, <laughs> my man. Flash, <laughs> Yeah, flash forward uh, six, six, seven years now, and we're um, happily married and living our best lives. That's awesome, dude. Right, so,
0: um, you, you can tell me to shut up at any moment here, but but uh, I remember, I remember. Um, we all so you you lived in the four square apartments with us all, right? Uh, right. Yeah, and you did. Oh, that was, was my twenty first okay. birthday. Wait, wait, okay. So, uh, this was slow. your roll. That was the year before.
1: That was the year before. Yep. your oh. first year we're together. Oh, and then you My were the second, second year? So it was
2: your second year, Charlie, and Kyler's first year. Yeah. Oh. I was out the game by then. You were out of the game? Oh, so, man. So
1: Vince and I can spend a full podcast, or you aren't here, about how <laughs> our lives have interlaced approximately anywhere from a day to a month to a year apart. Yeah. Um, anything from where we went to church growing up to uh, Life's, Life's in Duluth, University To how we got here. To how we got here. Incredibly um, parallel. Yeah.
2: Eerily parallel. Huh. A little that bit could of, be a separate podcast.
1: Yeah. A little bit of bone marrow stuff. I like, just yeah. weird. I just Really?
2: Bone marrow stuff? Oh yeah. I am telling you, Charlie, it goes You deep. can't bring
1: that up and not talk it about it. It goes deep. Oh, it's pretty simple. He has he had leukemia. Oh, and you yeah, gave him a bone I'm, marrow transplant? Not no, him. No, not, no me. not him. No, I uh give a give a different guy a bone marrow transplant. But we like had this okay, conversation. I remember that, actually. And then yeah. we
2: Yeah, on the weekend that we first met each other, coming up. Uh, two years opening weekend ago almost yeah opening weekend will be two years ago of baseball uh, of baseball <laughs> or Yeah, of, or of it could be season. hunting you know opening, <laughs> opening weekend of Turkish baseball season for the record yeah Uh we uh, spent the weekend just kind of hanging out and getting to know each other a little bit, and found out that I because uh, we knew that we were going to teach. So it, you Kings guys didn't know each other before that. So we we knew of each other and had been. This is where it gets like eerily, one time, one, weird. We one
1: time we ended up at Kevin's backyard for a Kevin Festling's backyard for a Bible study. You were there, uh, Chris Nielsen, oh, Kevin, and then really crazy because I have the two of you in common. Yeah. Oh man. The, we never had any. E- all each
2: the other most important people in my life were constantly talking about Kyler Berg, Kyler Berg, Kyler Berg. <laughs> and so I figured I mean he's all right. There had there had to be something, you know, if all the most important people in my life were talking about this person, I, eventually uh, we're probably gonna meet. He's he must be pretty cool. turns out, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Cause our now mutual best friend Luke, Vince was really close with when they were they were both living in Duluth, and I was living in Duluth at the same time, but I knew Luke just through college where vince was outside of college knew luke and so then yeah and so then we ended up um it was kevin was talking about you know kingdom prep and
2: we were um kevin is our seafoot connection we met him we both met him through our we work all met seafood. him yeah. we all we all all of us have met kevin festerling through our work with seafoot
0: and- so he was my teacher coach and he left so, right after he was finished being my teacher coach, he left to start Kingdom Prep, where he's now your principal. Yep. So, if you want to know more about Kevin, you can also go back and listen yeah. to it's and the very Breath. first episode of the podcast, or, or, or very first interview episode of the podcast, was Kevin talking about how they were starting this Kingdom Prep that was on the way.
1: Yeah. And so we knew of each other um, pretty well. And then coming in, um, it was, he was, he was at Veritas yet, and I was I was teaching a year. I taught a year of uh, middle school math in uh, Minneapolis. And it was spring break, and I figured I'd come down because um, I knew that my wife and I were going to move here, and so let's go just spend a few days down in Milwaukee. And it was the wells were off that week, so um, Sydney and Kevin, who were the only two full-time at the time, um, were on their vac- spring break vacations, and so... It was, Vince was really the only one on board at the time that was around because he was still teaching at Veritas that week or you had spring break. Say, I say on board kind of yeah. meaning
0: like in, like I'm bad so in when, waiting, right? So when,
2: yeah. So when Kevin had got the call to start Kingdom Prep before he had taken it, uh, Kevin and I sat in his backyard the week before I got diagnosed with leukemia and, talked about this whole thing and he was like hey i you know i got the i got a call to you know investigate starting starting this school and so and so what um and so he's like well what do you you know what do you think and i had spent time working with him at seafoot and we had stayed in very close contact over the years in between there and i was like what do you are you dumb like we've been, we've been literally talking about this for almost five years.
0: well and man. we remember do you remember being in brooklyn yes, and talking about this yes, stuff like literally riding around a subway and talking through the night that beer is still right over there in the case but that's exactly
2: yeah. what i was saying to him i was like kevin we sat on a rooftop of a hotel in brooklyn me and you and charlie Ungemach and charles smith and we like we all talked about this very idea What would it look like to bring this idea of uh, what they're doing at St. Benedict's Prep uh, New Jersey back to Milwaukee? What would it look like to do an all-boys high school that is doing uh, a better job of Serving our city in
0: the You gotta talk into the side of the microphone. Talking to the side of there the microphone. There you go. There we go. I see I misunderstood.
2: I thought you were saying I thought you were saying talking to the top of the microphone. sheree has like got weird up for your a volume. second. And so and so my bad folks. I, I'm back in the game now. All right. We're we're rallying. So I yeah, I talked to Kevin and was like, Well, are you are you out of your mind? We've been talking about this for years. Like, absolutely you should do it. And so I've been and, and then my second question was, and how do I Get on board. Like, how do I get in this, too? And so before Kingdom Prep was even an official thing, um, Kevin was in and, and I was in. And maybe I was in before Kevin was in, to be honest with you, because he was asking if he should start the school. And I was like, uh, yeah, you should. And when can I start working there? too?
0: <laughs> you got to take this job and then you got to hire me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Take this job so that I can take this job, too. Like, the, the sooner, the better, chief, because I'm ready. Let's go. So then... So that's Kevin. That's our mutual connection there. And so um, Kyler was back in town uh, because he was also investigating coming on board with Kingdom Prep. And we uh, went to opening day uh, Brewers game at Miller Park. And. Uh, Just had a chance to talk about life and kind of see all the different spots that were so kind of eerily parallel. And so, one of the things that we found out later that night, or maybe the the night before, I'm not sure exactly, we were talking about how I had been uh, previously diagnosed with leukemia and was at that point in remission, but doing all the chemo stuff. And Kyler also had a leukemia, uh, not leukemia, but a bone marrow. Uh, connection, which if you don't know about leukemia, it's a blood cancer and bone marrow uh, transplants and biopsies are like a really kind of normal part for the biopsies and possible part for the, um, transplants relating to leukemia. He also has an eerie kind of like connection between the two of us related to bone marrow. Yeah. I,
1: in college did the whole be the match, uh, sign up where be the match came in and signed up as many college kids as they can. And at the time I was like, yeah, whatever I'm passing on the way I have time. And so I did it. Um, I had matched once with someone, I was one of four people to match with this person. So I didn't, um, go move on to know them, but I had, um, further blood testing. And then like a month later, this is in January or at the end of my first semester of college or sorry, end of my Soft, first semester of my sophomore year and then um the next march or next january i got a call um, and they asked um or told me that i hadn't matched with someone and it was because of my blood testing for my first match that i was like in and if i was willing to make some trips to the cities because i was in duluth at the time um it was going to happen and so pretty quickly within a, like a month it happened and then um actually it went uh, pretty cold after that, donated and then never heard anything from Be the Match or um, from the 75 year old man from the United States, is what oh, I was okay. told. And then um, I eventually got really annoying and, like, actually, I got really annoying. And then the reason why this conversation all came up between Vince and I was because I. You I got, got annoying or you got. You were annoyed. I got really annoying to Be the Match because they uh, hadn't. Re-
0: so you were, like, pur- like pursuing being the
1: match? Yeah, because I was trying to figure out what was going on with my guy.
0: Oh, okay. And so what I had happened
1: understand. is my, like, um, my donor li- uh, liaison lady, if you will, she moved positions, and so, and I just got, I felt through the cracks. And oh. so I eventually got to someone, and they got me connected. And then, so at the time of Vince and I hanging out for opening weekend, I was in the works of finding, hearing from, the first time from, the guy doing Boomer too, and he's alive and healthy to this day. So cool, yeah,
0: very cool. So you actually got to meet him and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he uh, lives down in Indiana, and our family families are, um, yeah, pretty close now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 honestly, the coolest part is that you like not only did you sign up for it, but you like pursued. Donating Marrow, right yeah, like you didn't know the guy you just knew that he needed Marrow and you pursued it, is that what happened?
1: yeah, I think uh I would have lived life with a really like crappy feeling knowing that I like <laughs> I signed up for this, and it is now my time you know I'm oh, up to yeah, bat I'm up to bat and I'm gonna strike out on purpose no, I'm gonna swing right I'm gonna yeah, go and do it I And so I uh, went ahead and did it and Man, but not everybody would do that
2: it's not. Le- <laughs> Uh, hold on. It's, <laughs> it's not as simple as that sounds. Speaking speaking from the perspective of someone who has had at least a so dozen... So you had, you've had so transfusions? Had, so no, 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 no. I've never had a bone marrow uh, transplant. What I have had is that I've had uh, quarterly... Every six weeks, I get a bone marrow biopsy done. And so they take... Uh, if you've ever you grew up in the country like i did then you had a field trip at some point where you got to see somebody take core samples of a tree and they bore into a tree Gosh, with one of those most painful possible with one of those tree that. bores. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's basically <laughs> what's happening they go into the back of your hip bone and one of the big processes that sticks off the back end, of about your hip
1: vaccines for a cow or something yeah <laughs>
2: oh, so they geez. take and they take this core sampler type of Just to
0: clarify, you don't go on a field trip to see them take a core sample of no. someone. core someone's <laughs> <hit. Yeah. laughs>
2: Core sample of a tree. You count the rings. <laughs> then see, no, like, like, when syrup you start came out, talking about a cow. Yeah. I <laughs> no. They, they count the rings to see how old the tree is. Well, I can tell you. They've counted the rings, and they can tell you I'm 30. Yeah. Confirmed. Then, <laughs> by the way, they're going to count again in three weeks. Uh, oh. February 20th. I'll have. How an- big is the hole? Well, is it like it's, pin size? Yeah, I mean, or? it's sealed up now. I don't know. It's probably pin size. But Seals but, up, sealed up now sounds more painful. I tell you what. It's... It probably is only pin size, but it feels like it's the same size as the core sample they take from a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Because they numb you up, they numb you up, they numb you up. And then they take this core sampler and they dig that bad boy into your hip. because they got to clear a (laughs) hole for the The motion you're making
0: looks like you're uh, sharpening a knife or something, man. (laughs) Opening a jar of pickles. Yeah, it's a
2: combination of like the the world's smallest jar of pickles and sharpening a knife because that's basically what it feels like. And so they crank this sucker into your hip because they can't just take the needle that they're going to put in to mm-hmm. suck out the ah, sample like of, your, the of your bone ah. marrow to check if you have you know leukemia or not still. They can't just jam that needle through the bone. That's not going to work. So they got to take a hole out of the bone. They pull that out of there and then they stick the needle down through that hole and they suck out some bone marrow, uh, a little bit of fluid to be able to test it to see if you're still in remission or if they got to like up the dose on your chemo
1: tangent from what i've heard if you're hunting you don't have butter
2: <laughs> yeah
1: bone marrow of an animal they do that on on uh, meat, meat eater all the yeah. time so, yeah the dude moose. have
0: you ever listened to the meat eater podcast
1: i've li- uh to ones i've been interested in right we, yeah. we'll have a conversation later about our hog trip and uh we listened to i listened to a bunch about the uh, wild hogs down south exactly. I'm, I'm interested in what you think about hog hunting because
2: there's a uh, split reviews on <laughs> yeah. hog hunting we're never going to get anywhere. This is all going to be I can confirm this bone marrow thing, connect it to Meat Eater, and bring it back. Because oh, I bring made, it home, brother. I made their venison shank uh, taco recipe. Again, and, you're talking about venison shank and, and, and you're it's, like feeling your forearm. It's it makes that, me well, nervous that's the, I mean, about that's the, the That's the whole, that's the whole <laughs> shank area. I made their venison shank tacos, which I did by cutting uh, the bones off the one of the deer that I shot. Not this year, but uh, last year, 2018 and uh, tried a little bit of the bone marrow out of the end of the busted bone, and it is remarkably buttery. So I would, I would buy that, and I'll bring it all the way back, right? Having had probably at least a dozen uh, bone marrow biopsies where they're just taking out fluid. They're not taking out or transplanting any bone marrow. They're just taking a sample of the fluid that's in there so that they can check your cell counts and different things. That is one of the more in the, in the moment when they're drawing that out through the needle, that is one of the most, if not the most painful things I've ever experienced in my life. And it's only happening for about three seconds. They say, oh, you're going to feel a sharp tug. And they're not kidding when they Mm -hmm. say you're going to feel a sharp tug because you're literally feeling the freaking stuff inside your bones get sucked out of your bones. And so when we say, like, well, my time was up and it's, like, time for me to, like, do do my good deed, you're not just, like, doing your good deed like you're helping an old lady cross the street. And so don't let him, like, I'm glad that he's selling it humble, but as someone who's been on the other side of the process and has been, like, involved in this a bunch and knows, like, what this means to somebody... You're not just like ah, doing your good deed. This is like a life changing thing. And it's a life changing thing for somebody that's donating bone marrow because I've only had the fluid sucked out, not the literal marrow from inside my bones to be given to another person when I'm totally healthy. And I can tell you in 99% of cases, like it ain't worth it for you to feel that pain. So that's a it's a bigger and it's a deeper and it's a more important and more valuable thing than what he's selling it as. And I appreciate it to the world and back, even though it wasn't for me. To, I my, my
0: Bible reading this morning, I just happened to read. I don't even know what what Psalm it is. It's Psalm twenty something, I think, where he talks about my bones were de- decaying, yeah. and I couldn't even quote it for you. But the idea of his bone, like he he feels terrible, his bones are decaying until he turns to the Lord and prays. It just gives new meaning to the idea of my bones decaying too. Yeah, man. Yeah, and and and, and having known several people who have then like been terminal cancer patients who literally their bones decayed. Just Mm -hmm. the amount of pain and stuff that they go through. man. There's
2: a richness and a depth to every scripture that I see that's like that about all those things happening, particularly like you're saying where there's like this, like talking about something happening in somebody's bones has such a deeper resonance uh, in my mind and in my spirit. Now having been through all that, it's, yeah, it's amazing.
0: It gives me a ton of respect for you too, Keller. No, thanks. Like, you rock, man. <laughs> I don't know if
2: I could do it. I honestly don't. I don't know if I could do it, to be honest with you. I Like, 10 years from now, if I'm like. Well, your description of it is healthy. Horse, <laughs> yeah. Healthy as a horse. If somebody said, like, hmm, here's what we're looking for. I think, like, because I've been through it, if I was so healthy that, like, they said, okay, you know, go for it, I would probably go, well, I could have literally been dead 13 years ago. Like, yeah, I guess I'll go for it. But if I had just grown up healthy my whole life and was, you know, 40, 10 years from now, and they were, somebody was like, oh, yeah, we need you to donate some bone marrow. And I heard somebody tell the story that I'm telling, so I'm probably not a not a good salesman <laughs> yeah. for this whole thing. Like. Be The Match is pissed about this. Yeah, no, like, it, right. I, <laughs> I, I, I've officially It's erased, a little tug. I haven't erased, <laughs> I've erased at least one employer from my possible future options because Be A Match will never hire me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this all oh, started man.
1: this all started with one of your favorite stories about Emma and I.
0: That's right. Yeah, so um, uh, what I just remember okay, yeah, so your wife, you've met your wife at, and we're all teaching together whatever. And I don't know at what point this was, but it was must've been getting to the end of our time together. Like it was only a, well, it was a 6 week program. Um, but it's only four weeks that you're actually teaching together and, like, have intensive time together, you know? And so when you're, if you're trying to convince a girl to fall in love with you before, with, before the summer's over, you know, you, you kind of have a deadline. The clock's t- ticking. Yeah. The clock is ticking, right? It's, it's real. It's, it's like senior year at college when everybody's looking for the MRS degree, right? The clock is ticking. Mm. The clock is ticking. So <laughs> <laughs> It's a real thing, folks. Okay, <clears throat> <level>. so... <laughs> It's not just MLC, though, either. Like, it's... I mean... It's, Her, hers is rampant. Okay, this rampant is a different conversation. I'm going to get fired, too. <laughs> okay, so, Anyway. You're going to limit my employment options. <laughs> yeah, well, we're even.
2: I'm sitting pretty.
0: You're looking great. Except, well, okay, anyway. <laughs>
2: Humble servant, Kyler Bird, <laughs> Open for gameful employment. Call now.
1: And he loves his mother-in-law. <laughs> Really to break any of these clowns' knees, just so I can <laughs> <laughs> ensure future employment.
0: <laughs> okay, so so we're getting up to the deadline, and Kyler and a couple other friends and I were all like, we knew he was into into this girl, right? And and he's like, haven't you? You said, you know, kind. Of <laughs> You even had said like you had kind of even told us like hey she really doesn't seem to be into me or she's saying she's into some <laughs> other dude, and blah blah blah, and everybody's gonna like shoot your shot, man, which you eventually did but like so i I want to hear the story that you you, you kind of finally sealed the deal on this thing man that's the story I want to hear
1: yeah so it's a long funny story um our trip to trip to Green Bay was different uh to say the least, but we were then on the way back to milwaukee because she had to yet move out of her apartment on let's say a sunday afternoon or sunday morning and so i had driven her back to milwaukee because she had to pack up her stuff and her dad was picking her up and so um on the way down she uh uh she asked me have you ever been in love and so uh yes, i am this, this is a good start this is a, this <laughs> this proceeded to be a like you know six hour conversation, which is just like just very funny. Uh, what what route did you take back from Green Bay? You had a six hour conversation. Well, no, no, no. no, no. So it's like
0: two hours in the okay. car. <laughs> yeah.
1: Forty three, it's only two Ooh, hours. Nice, but, man. So then the other four hours we she was up on the east side, um, staying at UW Milwaukee Housing. And so we ended up just walking down on Bradford Beach um, and talking through this in which it just Resulted in me professing my love for her. Uh, <laughs> and uh, thankfully, she um, accepted. <laughs> not, and then, she, and did yeah, she did she reciprocate? Yeah. Well, that's my fine. story of being in love is...
2: <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah, is I fine? this other guy that's so, not you. Just keep talking. <laughs> just keep talking.
1: And so this is where my buddy that didn't come with it comes into turn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so you're, you walked down to Bradford Beach. Yeah. And... We walked through, so we like were up in the rich neighborhoods, the big houses, um, and then took some stairs down and walked along Bradford Beach for a while, and then ended up on top of a lifeguard uh, post uh, where we had our first kiss on the beach as well. Now here's the My background man. on here's Great Lakes. Here's the background kisses. on
0: that. Here's the background on that as we had talked about such things, and we had determined that the best place to get a girl to kiss you was to watch the sunset. Over the lake at uh, at the beach, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with the Milwaukee side of Lake Michigan, <laughs> there's a fundamental not, problem with that impossible. idea. Co- cardinal direction wise, <laughs> because the sun sets happen. in the west, the lifeguard stands face the east. Mm-hmm. So, did you actually like watch the sun come up no, the next no, morning? We, or, were, oh. we were
1: hours after that.
0: Well, but uh, next time you tell the story, if you really oh, yeah. want to nail it home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The sun was going That's down. That's awesome, man. Well, I
2: can tell I you, it's, it. it's equally as good whether the sun's going down, whether the sun's coming up, or whether the sun is nowhere to be seen and it's just the stars. If it's the right girl, it's find the right the beach, thing. Huh? Find, find a beach. Find lake. a beach and a girl. You're good to go. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. So you guys both, both ended up in Milwaukee and you're working at Kingdom Prep right now, which is only a couple of blocks away, mm-hmm. so I expect you to visit often. Anytime yep. you need a beer in the middle of the day or whatever, <laughs> I'll give you the code for the back and... <laughs> but uh <laughs> that's right <can> testify. man <laughs> i breaks on mondays and wednesdays so I'll take you up on that. Uh, four hours ago <laughs> that's right and there's uh netflix always on the screen too but the uh um so kingdom prep is a very interesting place and a special place and, and we don't need to get into like what necessarily makes it special and interesting but we spend a lot of time working with guys i spend a lot of time working with you know six and seven year old boys and uh, you guys spend a lot of time with teenage boys um My my most recent Kingdom Prep story, by the way, is, I don't remember how it came up, but somebody found out that I had done some, like, summer coaching with Kingdom Prep and things like that. And their first reaction was, isn't that the school where they let them wear do-rags? And I was like, is that of great concern? (laughs) (laughs) Does that change the way you think about it? I I don't know if that's the school, but I'm... It probably is. What do you think about that?
2: <laughs> and the, well, what do you think about that? Well, in the mornings, and the afternoons, that <laughs> again, you just, trying to keep our jobs here, you but can, <laughs> you can you can certainly see some do rags. Um,
0: hey, yeah, but you gotta look fresh at the right time of day, man. You certainly
2: do. I think. uh which, just which so that all boys, if anybody
0: school. doesn't know, you wear your do rags so that your waves look good. Yeah. So you put the you you grease up your hair. This is a. White layman's yeah, This is the description. best chart you can do. But basically, you put, you, put, you got like special hair grease. You put it in your hair, and then you put your do-rag on, and you end up with waves, which means that the curls are all aligned, and it looks uniform. It does look pretty sharp when it's done right. So that's why you would wear a do-rag, or just because you want to look cool. But the the real basis behind a do-rag, like you pull it tight so that you have waves.
2: Um, so
0: <laughs> with that in mind, what do you think about the do-rags? Yeah, yeah so I think... <laughs>
2: I think based on that reality, most of the concerns about uh, somebody wearing a durag are pretty overblown and just not really uh, culturally astute because uh, it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, and so, like,
0: it's basically, I mean, really, it's kind of like wearing your, like, nightcap. Yep. Exactly, yeah. functionally. Yeah. Or like exactly. a shower cap exactly. in public,
2: yeah. And so it's one of those things where like, of course I would say that because I'm the guy working at the all-boys school that offers a lot of voice and choice to high school young men. And so like, yeah, that's the kind of thing that I would say if I work at a school like that. Um, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that and it speaks to a lot of uh, the stuff that we're trying to do where we're looking for ways that we can engage um, a group of people, and when I say a group of people, I mean young men, not any, like, I'm not putting a, a racial or a class uh, assignment to that. I mean, young men. Well, and in you're general. also engaging
0: families too, then yeah. like the families they belong to, which yep. I mean, the race and everything does play into that.
2: It does, I think. But but the biggest thing that I see right now, uh, and I was having a great conversation about this uh, with a couple of students just yesterday, which has led to kind of some some interesting breakthroughs, uh, is that right now in our country at large, I think no matter where you are. There's a real lack among young men of like, what are you interested in? We have this uh, class project that we do uh, that's called Nehemiah Hour where students are basically self-directed and they're supposed to pick things that they're interested in or, interested in or that they care about that uh, have some like way they can influence the community on. So that can be anything from like, driver's ed to uh, one of my students is learning how to speak Spanish so that he can connect with some of his relatives who speak Spanish, and he he doesn't, so he feels left out in that. But lots of students at our school, and I think lots of young men in my experience just in general across all demographic lines are lacking like any real kind of interest in anything other than like video games and like maybe sports if they play sports. Because I was talking to some guys and asking them, like, "All right, well, what do you like? What are you interested in? What do you care about?" And I talked to three different kids in, in one class period in one day. None of whom could really answer that question. I'm like, "Well, what do you like? What do you do? Like, what do you do for fun?" And they're like, "Well, I, 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 mean, I, I don't, I don't really do anything. I, I play video games, and that's and that's pretty much it." It's like, "Well, you, you don't even." They're like, "No, I don't. I don't play basketball. I don't play football. Like, I." I just kind of play video games and I sit at the house.
0: Well, and and to interject, even the video games often are like kind of tourism. Like they don't like get into a game and just pursue it through and play it through and conquer it or something. Yep.
2: And so all of this, I think, speaks to this real genuine like need for experience, need for like understanding, need for somebody to go, hey, here's some stuff that like, Is probably some interesting things that you you might want to know some more about. And without that opportunity to just kind of embrace that a little bit and lean into, like, what does it mean to be an adult? What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be interested in stuff and not have somebody, like, make fun of you and you just give up on it? All those things... are a big part of what we're doing and so you know circling back to the do do-reg stuff I, i think that like that's an easy way that's like an on road to being interested in something beyond just like well i play this video game and that's kind of just my life
0: well but identity is tied into all that too like if you don't have really what you're saying is there's no purpose Right, yep. like, if if you're just sitting on a couch yep. watching TV or yep. playing video games or whatever, and you don't have any interest, like interest is where purpose begins. Yep. Right, and, and even as Christians, like we can we get all these like lines that we get fed is like, well, what is your purpose? To you know Matthew twenty eight verse eighteen to share the gospel with all people everywhere, but where's the practical employment and deployment of of that concept right and so if i don't have any purpose if i don't have any identity identity and purpose are tied hand in hand then there's no direction either and so if i don't know what i want to do with my life or i have no idea what i want to do with my life i'm just going to be a you know, mall security guard or well maybe there's a mall security guy listening who loves his job good for you that came out really direct <laughs> anyway. shut up paul blart yeah paul blart um, well but he had plenty of i mean to not to I've put seen, too much I've value in it, movie. but it's a guy that really genuinely loves. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you out. watch the movie, he like say what you will. He genuinely the loves, his loves his job. job. He loves the people. Like, and it's about relationships and it's about protecting. Like, honestly, as silly as the movie is, he has a clear purpose and a clear direction for his life. He's protecting the, the commerce that happens in the mall, the people that are in the mall, and then he gets wrapped up in this silly plot line, right? But like he, he does have direction and purpose. And, 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 and Kind of going back to the idea of, as a Christian, my ability to, to serve my Savior, my ability to walk with the Lord, my ability to spread the gospel to all nations is all tied into that purpose that also includes vocation. Right. And so it's easy for guys like us, with, as teachers, to be like, oh, "My purpose is to tell this next generation of kids sitting in my classroom that aren't allowed to leave about Jesus." Uh, I think it's a lot harder for people that aren't in in you know full time ministry. Um, but like it, it's it, you, it's something you can't escape if you don't have any purpose and direction. You also don't have any identity.
1: Yeah, but the, the identity of being a Christian supersedes that. And so, what I've found struggling lately is uh compartmentalizing this idea of having of being a Christian to my school life. so well, I'm in full time ministry, so when I go home it it's open season mm-hmm. but that's not that's not true mm. and so The identity portion also, again, going deeper is it's out of order.
2: So I want to speak directly to that because I was home this past weekend. We had our first ever. Home uh, is in like back where you grew up. Home is in, yeah, back where I grew up at my parents' house. Uh, Shout out Crivets. Yeah, shout out Crivets, Wisconsin. Big city. USA. Uh, vacation home. land USA, <laughs> home of the, the
0: six people that go on vacation there every year. Really love it. Home of <laughs>
2: home of the country poor vacation home of the city rich. <laughs> yeah. uh, the anyway. City
0: moderately rich. Yeah. <laughs> city mo- city upper middle class
2: who have a connection to Christmas. Anyways, we're we're back home. I, Could am we'll I wrong? Is there home? actually
0: a tourism industry in Christmas? Yes. Really, Lake Maccabee? Like yeah it's the beyond gate. like hunting the, and fishing yes crivets crivets i is the, apologize to the city of crivets is the
2: gateway to the north it's where you're like actually far north north far See, i would have thought like wausau like would be north the of green bay of north, no so there's like there's like two different regions right you can be eagle river up north but that's like deep up north that's up north for people in crivets to be honest uh and there's also like the northeast Wisconsin kind of border of the UP. You get into uh, Marinette County is the waterfall capital of the state. There's 12 different waterfalls in Marinette County, and there's like all kinds of lakes and rivers and flowages and tourism. But I digress. The point is not <laughs> there's, there's uh, no deer. The point is not the crevice- <laughs> on Your experience. <laughs>
0: That's another matter. We can, we can talk about that in another podcast. The point that
2: I want to connect to is that uh, I got in this big blowout uh, with one of my sisters that I love dearly over the weekend because uh, we were talking about which uh, church we were going to uh, that Sunday uh, because everybody was in town and so like my we went to one church when I was living there and then my parents went to a different church. Uh, go to a different church now. And so we were all just talking about where to go. And we were talking about one of the pastors at one of the churches. And my sister brought up the idea that uh, the pastor of this one church in town is, uh, a, you know, a, a really good man, but a, a really boring uh, pastor, like a really boring preacher. And I pushed back on that really hard, and I'm interested in what you guys have to say about this after I kind of roll through it. Because you were saying, like, okay, well, you know, he does all this good work, and he, like, does all these things, you know, good things in the community. But he's, like, he's a terrible speaker, and he, like, you know, he's he's really boring to listen to. And here's my perspective, and I think it speaks to what Kyler was talking about a second ago, is that as someone who is deeply rooted in – my faith and and really thinks seriously about like what God's calling us to and what the Bible actually says. I don't think that those two things can be true. I don't anymore hear somebody who is not like what the world would consider a gifted speaker and go like, Oh, this guy is boring because it's not about that guy. It's about his message. And so if he's being biblically faithful and he's, communicating gospel truth that to me is like the richness and fullness and just like the most beautiful message and the most important thing that you could ever communicate. And so just because he's not like what the world would flock to it and go like, wow, he's like a really charismatic speaker and he makes me like hang on his every word. I'm still personally in a place where like I'm hanging on that guy's every word <laughs> because I know that the message that he is proclaiming is such a deep and important thing that it's beyond like what the the conveyor of the, me- it's beyond the messenger. It's about the message. And she wasn't like, we weren't seeing eye to eye on that. And we were just really having a hard time thinking about that. So I want to hear from you guys, like what your thoughts are on that idea of like, the speaker and the and the message and juxtaposing those two things if they're not necessarily like what the world would go like oh he's like a really interesting i love listening to him type of speaker well
0: my immediate reaction is that i do know some men who are excellent speakers and excellent men of god who are everything you'd hope and expect them to be like one of the one of them would be like pastor mike Novotny who's been on a bunch We've been peddling his book because and I wouldn't peddle his book if I didn't absolutely adore the man, um, and he's one of those guys, right? Um, and he would bl- And I think the part of it that makes it so is that he would blush to hear me say that. Uh, another one of those would be it's like a couple of my professors at in college, who many of them were like at, at some point were like parish pastors, who are just phenomenal speakers and excellent teachers. Again, who would who blush to hear that someone thought that much of them, right? Where they'd say, "Man, I must be, I almost must be doing something wrong that you're noticing those things about me instead of hearing the message I teach." And so there are some that do that are outliers, who are just fun, they've just been gifted by the Lord and are unbelievable speakers, and they have those talents and abilities, and they are the men that you'd hope they would be. But I've also experienced a lot of men both on, on both sides of the spectrum, men who are excellent speakers, who are relational, who even love people, but you can tell from the time they open their mouths that they have all kinds of factual knowledge about the Lord and factual knowledge about Jesus, but they have very little, if any, personal relationship with their Savior. And that drives me insane for a couple of reasons. Um because they do a good job normally of presenting the gospel, but they do it like they're presenting facts, right? And, and, and we can't forget, I, I've been reading a little bit of CFW Walther. I've been reading a little bit of, uh, GK Chesterton and a lot of CS Lewis recently. Yeah. GK Ch- well, Orthodoxy is just, I just ordered it. I'm going to read it here. Um, I'm doing a, I'm doing a talk at, at uh, Iron Men of God in a couple of months, and, I, and I'm reading that stuff to get, to get it kind of ready for it, and I'm really pumped about it. But the idea that um, the most rationalistic men, whether they're Christian or not, basically what they're doing is they're taking God and shrinking him down to bite-sized chunks that they can fit into their own mind. And what happens after a while is that you start to imagine a God You start to imagine this deity who is something you can totally and completely comprehend. Whether or not you realize you've gotten to that point, whether or not you realize you're teaching that way, men who are excellent speakers but don't have a personal relationship with their Heavenly Father and are just presenting facts about God have a tendency, whether they want to or not, whether they actually realize they're doing it or not, to shrink God down into something much smaller than He actually is. And their faith starts to struggle. Um, and I'm nervous about saying this because it's really bold, um, but it, it's true. Um, and, and their congregations reflect that. Their congregations reflect that. Their congregations start to take the miraculous out of the element, right? Well, you and I were talking before we even started podcasting about uh, a Malcolm Gladwell book. Where I love Malcolm Gladwell, he does a great job uh, writing books, and every book I I haven't read every book he's written, but the books that I've read that he's written are worth reading. But in his treatment of David and Goliath, he takes the miraculous completely out of it, right? And he explains everything with science and with reason. Um, And there we, we immediately poked some holes in it, just like you know, if you really think about it, there's still a little bit of a miraculous element here, no matter what, because of the way he set it up. But that's really what happens in church is we take the miraculous out of it, and when we take the miraculous out of it, we have no need for a Savior anymore. That immediately It's so easily transferable to a work righteousness where I now don't need a Savior quite as much as I really do. And that's a dangerous and slippery slope to lead down. So that's my concern with men who don't have a personal relationship with their Savior is they're just so prone to sin whether they realize it or not.
2: So that was – so three things I would say. Number one, I'm I'm with you on that. And that was my whole big thing, right? Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy that it's the whole idea of like uh, people are in the end times are going to pursue this like tickling of their ears and just like what they what they want to hear. And that immediately in that conversation that I was having with my sister, I was like, well, look, you can have this like guy that is ooh super charismatic and like I'm hanging on your every word and it's everything I want to hear. I'd rather have the guy that makes most people go like, oh, I'm I'm bored with this. And it's like deep gospel truth. And that's just like my kind of personal bent. And so we were on this big thing. And I think that was kind of where it was coming from. And I think that's a lot of what you were speaking to there. G.K. Chesterton that uh, you were mentioning, one of my favorite quotes in the world is a G.K. Chesterton quote. And so I had that easy to just pull up on my phone. Uh, and it's that. So here's the quote. The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting it has been found difficult and left untried well and that
0: directly quotes scripture I think it's Isaiah where he says you've been weighed he's yep. talking to the Assyrians he says you've been weighed the Lord's using the Assyrians as a t- I think it's the Assyrians forgive me if it's not but he's using them as a tool to serve justice to the sinful Israelites yep. and he says you've been weighed you've been measured and you've been found wanting and and the idea that there is no
2: need that's left unmet by
0: my faith in the heavenly Father
2: and so Berg, I want to hear your thoughts if these we talk about like okay this this pastor's kind of boring, he's not my style. What are your thoughts on this whole idea
1: yeah I, nothing nothing different that has been said um I think. I understand I can I understand where she's coming from. I get it. Um I think uh church uh we're at we um have different pastors at different times that speak and I definitely have uh as you were talking about this I was thinking about what in what ways do I prepare myself for that pastor. Right? Because they're different. Um and I prepare myself differently and I appreciate different things about the different pastors. And so it's very stylistic and so if you are that's that, that's the other thing is where where are you at? Because you you can easily you can easily get what you want out of a sermon, right? Like you can very quickly get whatever you want, whether it is that bite-sized chewable thing that was supposed to now be rationalized from like our heavenly father. We're trying to rationalize some bite-sized thing or it's something profound. You can easily, and that's where like you've seen movements of the church go off and do terrible, terrible things. And so where are you at? Where you're, what are you coming in on? And so, the pushback on your sister would then be like, what, you know, what are you going into here? Something bite size and something that you are supposed to now Instagram and, uh, have your bullet points for Instagram. And then you're going to post about it. And then some, you know, Fox turns on cause it's noon football and it's time for noon football. Or is it something that you have no intention? Like, What is your intention going
2: into church? What are you getting out of it? I would give every penny that I have to rewind my life four days and have you be able to say that instead of yeah. the things yeah. that I said. That, that was your problem. <laughs> <Tag team>. <laughs> <laughs> he just,
0: she says it and you just turn around and tag him in. I, yeah. needed,
2: <laughs> I needed my tag team partner, Kyler Berg, there Saturday evening at about... 9:45 to be able to go. No, Tag, you're in. You take this. I can't take it because I was thinking all those same thoughts. We, Kyler and I, go to the same church. I was thinking the same thing. I mentioned some of the same stuff about having different pastors uh, at a multi-site church and and being able to see like a rotation of five or six guys that are preaching God's word in in radically different styles from each other, but in equal faithfulness uh, as they like get together over the sermons and over the word every week together as a team and give a message that's been vetted by a half a dozen men who I would entrust my the my faith life to all individually and a half dozen of them all vet it together and then one guy delivers a sermon to a bunch of different churches in a bunch of different areas and you get something totally different from week to week and totally different from guy to guy, but all faithful to what the Bible teaches. And it just is remarkable to me because I think, and part of it, like Kyler was saying, I think speaks to a lot of just like personal development where you see a little bit of five years ago, I didn't think the same way about that Nuance and about the way that these guys delivered it, as I do now. I think I look at it a lot differently now. Going, wow how do how do I prepare myself? How do I understand that the Lord's moving, whether or not my particular fancy is tickled in the the delivery style of the person bringing the message. And so, just it's a level of maturity
0: you know i um i think when you're when you have very little maturity in your faith you have a you put a higher value on entertainment and you without again without knowing it you you start to seek that out and you start to seek out you know, like and, and again not to disregard feelings and not to disregard good preachers who are entertaining there's a whole lot of great Men who preach the gospel well, who are very entertaining. Yes, and not that you shouldn't feel anything in church. If you never feel anything in church, that's just as dangerous as feeling a little too much in church.
1: But and if you are feeling entertained, don't take this time to go shop a different church. That's not what we're saying, right? Um, But it takes a mature. I guess it's exactly
0: the opposite. I guess that I guess is it takes a very mature Christian to sit back and say, you know what, (laughs) this guy sounds like the. Sounds like elevator music, but he's just speaking life. He's speaking life into everyone that's willing to listen, and that's a big thing. I, it's, I mean, really, what we're talking about is, well, I would like to say we're talking about different gifts with different pastors, but there's also a different level of faith with different pastors, and we like, that's something that's hard to wrap your head around the idea that some men who are in public ministry just have stronger relationships with their father. Than others do and if you don't necessarily find those strong relationships where you think you're going to like there are a whole lot of parish pastors who i know personally who have (laughs) preached on sunday morning to an audience of 60 who i would put far more trust in and who i would far rather follow than a lot of men who have you know TV audiences and and packed churches and, you know, full parking lots and all kinds of stuff.
2: Well, and that brings it full circle because Sunday morning after having this great debate, we sat in the church that we were debating about the night before and I listened to... Did you win? Well, I'll let you decide (laughs) after (laughs) I tell the story, right? (laughs) And there are, let's call it 75 people in this church and this guy is giving a halting sermon about really rich unbelievable stuff and he's unpacking the story of Noah and not just the story but what's happening in it how we apply it to your life he's giving apologetics for like how it's plausible that the flood actually happened whether you are taking it on faith or whether you're like full on naturalist going like no there are no supernatural things everything about it He's just like piece by piece giving a a flawless presentation of what's happening, except it's not flawless. He's like bumbling over this and like saying the wrong names. And like, I think he called Noah David at some point (laughs) and just like does all this stuff that is like, yeah, if you're looking for flaws in this man, you are going to find them. And if what you're looking for is gospel truth and life transformation, you're going to find that in him, too. And I didn't, like, rub it in my sister's face that morning. But I thought to myself, uh, like, you just got posterized. (laughs) Like, this man, if you're not just listening to that and going, whoa, that's unbelievable. God did an incredible thing with Noah. God loves us so deeply and is calling broken, nasty people into such a beautiful forgiveness. Then, like you're missing the point. It's a you problem. It's not a this pastor problem. Whoa, this is unreal. It was like one of those 90s posters, bringing it back to how old I am, of Shaq just like dunking over some dude and just destroying everything in them. And I made a point not to dunk on my sister like that. However, every bone in me wanted to just like... Turn my head to the left during the entire sermon and just stare her down until she looked at me and goes, "See, it's <laughs> happening. Turn. It's happening right now." <laughs> and point at her like he did Shaq when we saw him happening last year. Now, you you know what's happening right now? This boring guy is crushing my soul. In well a good way, yeah. in a good way, in a in a good way, right? Like, welcome to it. This is what it is. All right. Can we transition
1: to a similar topic oh, that please. I need? I need uh, some help on. So, All right. can you give a uh, one minute uh, synopsis of where you are trying to land on your devotion on Tuesday?
2: Okay.
0: So first, you gotta first you gotta talk about your sermon on Tuesday. Or yeah, your absolutely. Your devotion on Tuesday.
2: So Tuesday, I talked uh, out of First Sam- Samuel twenty. Uh, it was the section where Jonathan is saying to David that uh, he will, he's going to give him the message. He's either going to, he's going to find out what King Saul thinks and he tells David, all right, David, if my father is for some reason like going to treat you well, of course I'm going to come and tell you that. But if my father's out to cause you harm, I'm going to come and tell you that too. And then what I'm going to, do with that is like make sure that you're protected because I know that God wants you to be king and I'm going to support that. And so what I was talking about in the devotion on Tuesday was basically the idea that Jonathan is supposed to be king, right? He's the prince and he's next in line to be king. And so in this whole relationship that he has between him and David and Saul and God, this like real kind of like, nasty thing that's going on here. Jonathan should be king. Saul wants to kill David and get him out of the way so that Jonathan can become king. And through no fault of his own, Jonathan's not going to become king. And In fact,
0: he's incredibly he his resume to be king is Im, like Im, right. unbelievable. Right. 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 He's supposed to. He's the heir. Jonathan is Better suited to be king than Saul is, and and the other thing. Sorry to keep putting you, but if you think about Jonathan and the stories that you hear about Jonathan before you hear about David, Jonathan not only is the you know the crown prince, but he's also the great warrior in Israel, and then, until this punk shows up. And I, what I love, I love uh, Stephen Mansell is one of my favorite authors, but he, when he writes on this topic, and he writes about. Um, no, it's not Stephen Manfield. It's uh, Stu Weber, also a fantastic author. And he writes about King David and Solomon, or not Solomon, Jonathan's relationship with each other. Like you, Jonathan is significantly older than David, like probably 15, 20 years older than David. And so you see all these stories about Jonathan like, literally saying things like, well, let's see if the Lord will bless it, you and me, then the two of us go attack a garrison of Philistines and kill them all, yep. right? And things like that, like climbing up cliffs and attacking Philistines at the top of the cliff and mm-hmm. just crazy stuff like that. He is like single-handedly keeping the Philistines at bay, literally single-handedly. And then you get to this scene where Goliath is here, and Goliath is shouting out threats, and the immediate question that if you understand who Jonathan is is, why isn't Jonathan out there fighting this Philistine? Because normally, under normal circumstances, he would be. And and I love how, I'm pretty sure it's whoever, <laughs> basically says, like, how can you blame him for being frustrated? Like The if Israelites just keep turning away, and Saul just keeps doing dumb stuff, and he keeps having to fight the Philistines over and over, and now we've got another battle on our hands. And how many times have we knocked him back, and you're just going to shake in your boots again? And then this is
2: when David arrives on the scene, right? And so God, so Jonathan's poised to lose the kingdom, and it's not through any fault of his own. Jonathan is the rightful heir to this throne, and God says, it's not going to be you. It's going to be David. And what Jonathan should do through, like, the eyes of the world, is let David die so that he or he's can kill him himself yeah so that he can become the king of Israel and everything goes on and god says it's not going to be you it's going to be david and jonathan says all right it's going to be david i'm going to do everything i can to be loyal to david a couple chapters later in samuel saul is going to be screaming at jonathan saying you you traitor like you how you turn on your own family and you like you ought to die for all of this. And Jonathan is just going to turn it right back in his face and go like, that. Like David's done nothing to you. This is what God is calling for, and it's what I'm going to support. and It's what I'm doing. And so my basic takeaway from that is like, what is God right now saying, look, you're looking at your life, and you're looking at the world, and you're seeing that like, this is, this is what I deserve. This is what I earned. This is what I positively, not in like the uh, salvation sense where like, Ooh, I'm, I'm damned to hell. But like, this is what I deserve. I ought to get this. And God's about to say to you, no, this isn't my plan for you. And it's, it's not what's going to happen. And my big takeaway for the guys was like, are you going to be okay with that? When like, what do you say? And what do you do in that moment when God says, yeah, you're like, set up for this you should be the guy and it ain't you
1: so vince uh was sharing this on tuesday and i instantly texted um one of our co-workers who was supposed to be giving the devotion tomorrow and i asked if i could take the devotion and so i mean i get um, my plan is to give a little bit of my testimony in which um i went to ca- cross country ski in high school went to college to cross country ski um and was supposed to be the like a cross country skier like one state, uh, by 45 seconds and between second and which is a big gap between second and 10th place, there was right? nine seconds. Ooh. And so I was five times f- you know, the gap. Right. And so I was, it's where I was supposed to be. Right. Uh, my freshman year, we were doing this testing week and on each day of the testing week, uh, we were do, I hit a new max heart rate. So my beats per minute, it increased that my like I had been recording for the last few years at the time and so I knew where I was at. Um I started at, uh low two hundreds and ended up at two twenty by Thursday is my new high. And so that um preceded me to um we were doing a, um a body weight workout and my heart rate didn't come down that night. Just kept uh stayed up. So at like two AM it was at one eighty. Um
0: which is like six hours after your workout, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, nope. So we got done with the workout at two. At oh jeez. At ten, it was one eighty. Sorry, story is wrong. At one, it was still one eighty. So I went to ER, um, <laughs> and they said everything was like, like checked checked everything, and like everything was fine. So I went home from and fell asleep at two. I woke up at ten. Got my eight hours at ten a.m. My heart rate was still one forty. And so resting heart rate at the time being
0: probably guessing like in the fifties or
1: yes. Yes. Um, and so uh, yeah, it was, wasn't, it wasn't right. Um, and then I proceeded to go through every different wing of Essentia, which is the uh, hospital system in Minnesota and couldn't just honestly never really figured out what was happening. Um, Interesting. So as Vince is sharing this on Tuesday, I'm recalling that the night I went to the ER, two um, two Christian guys from um, the ski team picked me up and prayed for me the whole way to the, to the hospital. Like laying of hands, just like trying to slow my heart rate down. And my heart rate obviously didn't slow down. And so there's this huge like question of, like, is God real?
0: Mm.
2: Like, if my heart rate is not slowing down, is God real? Like, this is a life-threatening thing. And it's, if there's any ever a time when, some, when God should come through, this is it. Because my heart's about to implode. And so
1: it wasn't until Tuesday that I was able to sit back and realize that if it wasn't for my process of through going through Essentia, and I'm not kidding you, I went through Essentia, to realize and be... F- purified of my idol of skiing and my pride, I would have been Let if I would have been healed, I would have turned right around. The truck would have turned around. I, you know, metaphorically would have turned around and kept walking towards that. Right. Right. Yeah. And so what was your, like, what was your goal at the peak of that? It doesn't matter. And so, (laughs) and so this is, that's the part, right? I can get this prideful. Like, uh, and so, so now I want to present this tomorrow. And I've been stressing, where do I land with it? And now we have this whole conversation about what are you trying to get out of a, a sermon? Do I land it anywhere? Or do I just present the information and say, hey, this is what we talked about on Tuesday. Here's what happened in my life. It's real. I don't need to come up with some other scripture that like, may or may not connect. Thoughts?
0: Well, scripture and a devotion always helps, <laughs> right?
1: And so I would, I would obviously start with right that. Um, what I was thinking of ending was a
2: beatitude uh, about uh, being anxious. Um, so I, so from a scripture standpoint, I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but you could double down on what we did on Tuesday, uh, yesterday, and talk about the same scripture and just like where it brought you. As like a real moment for them to be able to see the process of like, okay, I heard somebody deliver a message about this particular scripture. And here's what it did in my mind as a way to model just like what can happen and what ought to happen as like our hearts get convicted and get moved through the Holy Spirit um, about like what is happening because i made a point of going like i don't know where this lands for you when we're talking about this point but like there's there's somebody and there's something in here that like that's what's going on and so whatever that is like move on it and this might be it right here and so that might be a good place to start um but yeah it's a there's a lot of options
0: well here's where it lands for me and this is i think very applicable to particularly the young men that you're talking to um if Philippians 3, verse 13. I disclaimer, I did have to look this up. I didn't know it off the top of my head. But the the verse says their destiny is destruction. Their god is their stomach, and glory is in their sh- and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Now that h- hits really home because I weigh two hundred fifty pounds and just eat my brains out every day. But <laughs> <laughs> so my god, at podcast. times literally is my stomach. But um, the idea of we have these intense desires for sinful things, right? And whether it's pride or whether it's their own glory um, or whether it's just plain old vanity. Um, whether it's sex, whether it's um, posterity, or not posterity, what's the right word? But Well, I don't know, popularity, or what? Like whatever it is, everybody's got these things that if they're not a god, we're kind of like predisposed for these temptations, right? And we all have things, no matter how hard we're trying, that we're putting on the throne instead of letting our Heavenly Father sit on the throne of our hearts, right? And that's where continual repentance and renewal comes in, And renewal of the mind comes in all kinds of different forms. Sometimes the Lord is merciful and renewal of the mind comes when I'm sitting out reading my Bible in the morning before school starts. Sometimes renewal of the mind, the Lord makes me work for it a little bit and he wrecks my beloved truck and makes me drive a $1,500 30-year-old piece of crap around for a while. Sometimes the Lord is kind and the renewal of the mind comes when I meet this really sweet girl who just like changes my life in in five minutes of conversation. Sometimes the Lord was a little tougher on me and he makes me go through like this heavy, messy divorce or, you know, having a split family or all these tough situations. You see men with the almost identical sin, almost identical lives who have to go through far different journeys to get to the point where God is back on the throne of their hearts. And that's what I hear in your story of particularly, you know, the the athletic thing. Like, I, I was a football player, but there's the same idea, right? The, the reason I went to school wasn't to become a minister of the gospel. The reason <laughs> I went to school was because that's the place where I knew I could get on the football field. The ironic thing is I really didn't even get any playing time until I was a senior. <laughs> but those, are, it's a, again, another podcast. <laughs> 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 um, but the, like, what we're really talking about is the things that replace god on the throne of our hearts and and like i said you don't necessarily need to address everything on the throne of the heart but the idea of if my mind is on earthly things if my sights are set on earthly things if the desires of my heart are on earthly things i'm lost in eternity
2: And so I think that was the other. So I thought there were one of two ways to go with it just off the top of my head. One is to circle back to what we talked about on Tuesday and go, this is what it did for me. The other way is to just totally leave it as it is. And I mean, you made a good point, Charlie, like every devotion is, is a little bit better if you've got some scripture with it. <laughs> However, in like a, in a circumstance like this and living what I've lived in the last three and a half years, I think sometimes you just tell people where you're at and what's happening and you tell them what God's doing in your life and you will communicate. The truth of what god is saying if that's like what you're living and Mm -hmm. so i have seen so many times in conversations or in facebook posts or different things where i'm just like spilling my guts about where i'm at with leukemia with family with all these different things and just going like look i'm living a similar story to like i had a lot that was just like nope this is, this is not the plan. This is not where you're going. This is just shut down permanently. And I think when I talk about that with people, whether I explicitly go hear scripture that goes with that, or I just tell them like, look, this is what God's doing in my life and here's how I'm seeing him move and here's the peace and understanding that I have because like there's biblical truth in all those things that you're communicating. But when I go... I'm in such a healthy, peaceful spot because I know that ultimately God sits on the throne. His glory and his purposes are bigger than mine. And if I really do believe that, then my life in this world is trivial in comparison to what he's calling me to. And if that means that my wife and my children go on to live 70 90 100 years on this earth without me then if that's for his purposes i trust and believe that it's going to be better in his purposes not necessarily in mine but in his purposes it's going to be better for them and for our world if that's what his plan is and there's not a Explicit scripture that I mentioned in there, but there's about a thousand that if you want to do the deep, you know, the deep dive, you can find a thousand scriptures that link directly to that. And so I think sometimes, not you don't want to make this your routine (laughs) because you can go into what we were talking about five minutes ago about like you can like become the charismatic guy with the cancer story. And you can start doing some real weird stuff make with, a
1: lot of money. with
2: that story, and make a ton of money, and do all kinds of weird, like stuff where you just take people a little bit outside of what truth is, and then really get them turned up and and twisted up. Or, every once in a while, that can be what it is. And almost all the time, you can be chapter and verse, going, look. Here's, here's what the text says and here's we, how we apply it to our life. But I think we ought every once in a while to go, here's what being a Christian has done for my life. Because it's, a, it's a infomercial. It's you saying like, the word of God has inundated my being to the point where I go, if I die today and I leave behind three kids and a wife, and a mortgage, and a bunch of student loan debt, and all these other things, and that's part of God's plan, then I trust and believe, and I have no, I'm not going to get to the pearly gates and go, you cheated me, you cheated them. Five years ago in my life, I would have said, not you cheated me, but you cheated them. You cheated my wife and my children. He's better than I am, and I don't need a scripture, because I've know that and communicate that.
0: Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like and there's it there it is, right? Like I <laughs> like I trust that like when I'm gone, I've got Ungemak and I've got Berg and I've got uh Luke Olsen and I've got Kevin Festerling and I've got all these other guys who have lived a legacy that are gonna pour into my wife and my kids and are gonna protect them and raise them up in the way that children are supposed to go and I could leave tomorrow. And I, I'm ready to go, and I trust that he's got a he's got a plan. And so sometimes I think you can you can just spit that truth, and trust that somebody's gonna go. How do I get that? And then you show them the book. Mm-hmm. Where other times, like they might not necessarily go like, yeah, okay, Zephaniah three twenty one. Like, yeah, that's like you got me. You're gripping me. So it's not the routine but on occasion we spit testimony and people respond well and the thing you've got
0: going for you guys too is a continual and habitual study of scripture of which this is almost a not like a bonus but you know what i'm saying like you have a steady diet you and your kids have a steady diet of scripture in its truth and purity and so you can approach a situation like this isn't like your one sermon, like this isn't your last lecture, you know, yeah. like this isn't your one sermon to save yeah. the world. Yeah. This is you talking to a bunch of kids who have heard all of this stuff, right? And and, and for many of them, just realistically, they they're on they're kind of in this weird edge gray area or edge region where it's like yeah. God may or may not have something to say about the rest of my life, right? He may or may not be involved in the rest of my life. Yeah. He may or may not have a place in the rest of my time on this earth. And to have men they know and love and respect stand in front of them and just say, hey, look, this is where I've been, this is where I'm going, and this is where God has been. This is what I've seen from him.
1: What do you think? How you feeling? Yeah. Yeah, it feels so much better. One, because I don't have to come up with something before. <laughs> uh,
2: but in the in the next <laughs> nine hours. <yeah.
1: laughs> but also, like that also reflects what we've all been talking about. Of like, there's nothing to force here, so we're not going to do it.
2: Well, and people that are in tune with God have a tendency to hear the Lord's voice. He, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Right, like that is been, and it like it's a bittersweet refrain. But the whole like. The gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. Uh, Is, man, I'm like struggling to not just get like, you know, start crying on a microphone right now. Like the good news about podcasts is nobody can see it, I guess. But (laughs) it's like there's such a deep sadness in that. But there's also like a real uncomprehendable goodness and beauty in the fact that like it's not about this is full circle just back to it's not about the person bringing the message it's about what is the holy spirit going to do in the heart of human beings and if they have ears to hear they'll hear amen amen has been a pleasure, man. It always is. I'm excited. I'm already excited for my next time, whenever that is. <laughs> so get me on the calendar for whenever the next time Sounds is. Sounds good, dudes. Awesome. So, the, the big question we always
0: got to end with you've answered this question more than once. It means you got to answer actually two questions. If you can go back and talk to your 18 year old self, which you already kind of answered this question, but if you can go back and spend five minutes with your 18 year old self, Keller, I did not prep you for this in the slightest. Mm-hmm. If you go back and spend five minutes with your 18-year-old self, what in general would you tell him? Actually, you can be specific if you'd like.
1: Yeah. So, obviously, um, the life I was living was under idolatry of my own pride. So, there's a lot happening there. Um, yeah, I think uh, just like opening... Just being open to perspective of uh, the way God could possibly be moving. Because <laughs> it's always like, no, God can't move that way. No, 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 that's because I don't want him to move that way. I don't think he can move that way. And so not being able to ski in college, uh, going to school seven hour, seven and a half hours away from home to ski and then not being able to ski, like that's not how it's supposed to work. David's not supposed to get the, (laughs) not supposed to get the seat. Right. Uh, so that's huge. Um, wasted so much time of life. Um, not being open to that perspective of maybe God's not the king of my heart right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, man. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's rich. It's something that doesn't change either. Kind of follows you forever.
1: Yeah, just passes one from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. And I f- and I f- I feel weird talking about it because I feel myself slipping to be prideful, you know, about it. Because I could just mm-hmm. go on and on about skiing, right? But if it's part of my testimony, I gotta say it. You know.
0: Yeah, I love the way you just diverted the conversation when I said, when I asked about like. <laughs> so you were pretty good, right? And you're like. Pshoo!
1: Yeah. direction here. We're not yeah. going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. That shows a lot of humility. I appreciate it. One of the guys that uh, I prayed for, or prayed for me, uh, I'll give him a shout out. He uh, is on the um, Biathlon World Cup circuit. So he's representing the United States uh, overseas. And I actually messaged him and the other guy last night, um, giving them, you know, appreciation of the testimony. And the other guy is uh, running a youth group up in Hayward, um, Wisconsin. And so just cool to catch up with those guys and yeah, uh, talk to them. That's awesome. That's cool.
0: That's a that's a dangerous dude. Hmm. You
1: can ski like that, and he can shoot. Woo! Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. When when the earth freezes over again, uh, he's <laughs> my, he's my guy. <laughs> the ice age, second ice There's age comes. a zombie apocalypse in the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's this, the one. He's the guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the other question you got to answer before you go: What does it mean to be a man? Or what does a Christian man look like? What makes a man?
1: So back on that same topic of being humble um and being self-aware enough to know what's happening within me. If if I believe God created me, I need to know what's happening inside of me to be able to respond to the world around me in a way that is Christ-like. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. You're welcome back
0: anytime, of course. So, yeah. And then there's always, like I said, I'll give you the code of the back door. <laughs> yeah. Sneak in at lunch. Or whatever. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Charlie. Thank no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to the Girdup Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, under the Gird Up podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as GERDUP underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message thank you again for listening to our podcast thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word until next time go gird up and be the man that God created you to be